0: And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. I am Nick Cameron, also of the same thing I just mentioned. And I am joined by my good friend, Keefy, the guy. E-drop? Yeah, okay. We'll work with that. How are you doing today?
1: All righty. Happy Black Friday. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. If you celebrate, we don't celebrate genocide but we celebrate family and togetherness and fuck what the old thing was but like well know, the so way I look at it is, indigenous people's month
0: you know thanksgiving is just now a harvest holiday which makes it a pagan holiday so worship your mother earth drive your electric cars and you know eat a turkey you got it all these for nine dollars which is what i did that's amazing they
1: are all pagan holidays by the way that's i the, know that's the joke
0: yeah, but this one is, it's it's unabashedly so.
1: Yeah, I have very, you know, my white cis colonizer <laughs> ancestry aside, actually we were gypsies and not colonizers, but like I have good memories of Thanksgiving. I love football. I love the food. Uh, we had turkey like year round. We would have, have a turkey like once a month. So it wasn't that special. I know a lot of people never eat turkey except on Thanksgiving or rarely, but um, it was like the one holiday of the year my family tried to not fight and tried to be family and failed awful all the time. But like that was the we went in cold and tried hard. And so, you know, I have that as a fond childhood memory, in addition to my father screaming at the football screen and, you know, usually well, the Giants losing like they did yesterday, of course, to the Cowboys, of course
0: until until i got older and i decided i was going to move back to to live with my father thanksgiving for me was a very wonderful time and i did not grow up with those uncomfortable holidays it you know we all loved each other we all cared about each other and whatever we just brought our family into the door and we didn't knock we walked in and that was how my family was at that time and it thanksgiving now is not that and what i'm doing tomorrow is definitely not that but i used this year for the first time i used my grandfather and grandmother's china which we found when we emptied out my mother's house last year my wife found it the agreement is i'm allowed to use it for thanksgiving it is not to be displayed but thanksgiving that is because it's ugly it's missouri farmer chic from 1950. I mean, I, 1945. I'm Look, it is what it is, but it's it connects me to those people, and Thanksgiving connects me to the people that I miss. But before we get off on too sappy of a business, let's get on track. If you are new to the program, here is the weekly schedule. It is the greeting, the beer check, the vinyl check, shirt check, news of the day, meat of the matter this week of course is the third week of slipknot so it is apt that we're doing volume three so this is volume three on volume three but in the meantime it is time for a beer check for me bought this today on the way home from the record store it is uh tapestry brewing reactor american india pale ale a i P.A. just finger fudging it down the middle like keithy taught me uh this is a west coast ipa da-da-da-da-da. where is the booze content it's not on here that means it's it's a weakness but it has it's crushable. centennial cascade and chinook hops some of my absolute favorites, and I will let <clears throat> you. And I am drinking out of my goldenrod, chorus line glass, which is not actually mine, but somehow ended up in. We are big fans of a chorus line in Broadway in this house, and somehow this glass Dude, ended up with my pint glasses. So you are, know what,
1: I'm going with it. We are destined for a musical theater chaser in 2023, if not sooner. I was a theater kid. I went to the, you know, already the eyes are going to roll. God damn it, stop talking about this. I went to the high school in performing arts, the Fame High School in New York. I saw a chorus line three times on Broadway. My mother and I were obsessed with the show. I used to audition with some of these songs. Uh, What I I did for Love in particular.
0: I saw a chorus line, not even in our Broadway theaters, but a smaller, probably 500 seat theater called the ivory theater in carondelet st louis
1: hmm.
0: the there was a lot of overacting and questionable choices but you know what it's still fun it's a
1: it's it's on the campy side but i don't want to go too deep when we have a oh my god wow oh, what's going on there
0: oh jesus uh, a <laughs> there's, lot there's
1: a lot going on, on that, that thing i'm <laughs> oh, wow. sorry what's what's your was, beer sir that was quite a sip you took um, again, just continuing to get through this eternal 12 pack of Misfits beer. This is the next to last one. And I don't plan to buy more. I have a collectible can saved already. And so, yeah, another Misfits Tallycraft Craft, Fiend Lager. I love this beer. Um, just didn't get to get any more beer right now. And uh, not pass the beer. I, I did pass a beer store and I did not like what they had. It's like, if I want to drink- You over- talked over the pop. What do you mean now? If I wanted to drink steel reserved and brass monkey and shit like you know, oh. I I don't want to. I don't I don't I think this podcast listen, I'll drink a peeps, I'll drink a PBR. And they had like some fancy PBR uh design, holiday design. I was like mm. I can drink a PBR anytime. I don't want to drink it on the podcast. We craft beer is what I.
0: Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I used to drink Steel Reserve because it uh, Steel Reserve was a nine nine percent super ultra multi lager for five bucks for a twelve pack.
1: It would wreck you. Yeah, of course. So yeah, 40- and,
0: and then a friend of mine came down and she was she was drinking it fast, and the smart play would have been cat. We can't crush these. What happened was. She can't outdrink me. I'll outdrink her. And we passed out for obvious reasons. So, but uh, all right. So, cheers, my friend. One of the greatest hours of the week, or fifty hour fifteen. It's a lot better out of the glass. I'm just going to say it. All right. And you know what? This might actually be. My mother came home with a pair of uh, goldenrod swizzle sticks, which the goldenrod was a riverboat in St. Louis for a while. Riverboats were a big deal. We were holding on to our heritage before we stopped doing that. And I don't know. I don't know whose class this is. It might be, could be my mom, because I know she went, or it could be my, no, it probably is, it probably is my mom's. Because the more I think about it, the more I think that if my father in law and his wife went to see a Broadway play without the kids, there would have been a revolt. All right, I got to get off the Broadway.
1: Let's move on. I, to the I was about check. to go re- further down the line on this. Like riverboats remind me of the Music Man and the phrase riverboat gambler is in our lexicon, right? Uh, for uh, sports, but that's where it comes from, the Mississippi. Uh, right. Continue, sir. Carry right. us forward. Uh,
0: why don't you vinyl check first? Because oh, mine my. Is-
1: I'm going to you vinyl check a, first. A I don't record. think I've done this before because it was unopened until a little earlier. But this is another one that was sent to me. This is the year of getting gifted vinyls. Um, and I'm trying to go in order, some kind of chronological order of that I got them, except for that one episode where I was too excited. So this is uh, A Place to Bury Strangers, which is a Brooklyn post punk band. And this is a reissue that just came out in uh, October of their, or maybe a few months ago, of their classic arts album, Exploding Head. This is the 15th anniversary or 13th anniversary reissue. I should know that since I interviewed the guy, I think it's 13th. And and so post-punk's a genre or sub-genre, we don't talk a lot about, but we all love the bands that it associates with. Joy Division, The Fall, a little bit of the Cure, first album by Ministry, the Replacements, the Replacements, early on. Um, you know, even
0: I, I would even say Killing uh, Joke,
1: the Lemonheads,
0: they're Le- they're post post punk,
1: eh, a little less less commercial and less poppy punk, and this is, so this is a little more and and a lot of black metal bands and modern metal bands draw inspiration from this generation of bands. So these guys, A Place to Bury Strangers, came along in the late nineties. And, uh, you know, they're back out again, and they're touring. But this release, they had a new record last year, but this release is great. They sent it to me. And in addition to a complete remaster and re you know remix of the entire original album, they had bonus tracks that never came out, including some new songs, and a cover of Suffragette City by David Bowie, but done in the style of the band. So not a straight up cover. But this is the front cover, just so you can see this beautiful-looking artwork, and uh, it's got the gatefold. So not much to look at here. It's kind of like a staticky screen thing. Like, and then let's take a look at the vinyl. I think it's on a colored vinyl. And we're gonna take a look. I usually have these ready, but I don't today. And right to the floor.
0: Well, it's not like that one time where I was drunk and I dropped like three of them. Before. Yeah. Uh, oh, look at this. this is a
1: clear... I'm not sure what this is here. This is a clear... Not quite a Coke bottle, but a little bit, right? A oh, little- it's like
0: a milky white. That's a... Yeah.
1: Oh. Maybe to yeah. represent the Sonic uh, little display there in the gatefold, but yeah, gorgeous. Another unique... Another unique one.
0: Yes. I I do not... And I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but there are a lot of recycled colors. You know, new, new colored vinyl, new colors in colored vinyl are fairly rare. I don't have that one. So that's when you know that's pretty that's when you know it's pretty cool. Because I've got probably three or four hundred colored vinyl. Because I, I, you know what? I'm sorry. There's actually a discussion about this online today, and I dig them. I think colored vinyl, it doesn't make it, does it make the listening experience better? No, but I have. Part of the, the vinyl experience for me is the visual aspect. I have my sleeve up. I've got my, it's right next to my turntable. Anybody following me on Instagram uh, has already seen all the cool stuff I got going on. So I dig it, especially when they've got a really cool color that matches the, like uh, Brothers of the Sonic Cloth. And I don't have this and I'm, I'm, I probably should get it. I've got the black vinyl. They're, uh, they're, all, they're one and only album Was black and red. It was lava colored, like real lava. And they did a colored vinyl of black, yellow, and red. And it was just amazing, truly amazing colors.
1: I just nearly knocked my beer over (laughs) onto my desk. That would have been an absolute nightmare. Um, You would have
0: pulled a Godzilla on that one, a Godzilla versus King Kong, because that would have killed the podcast.
1: Possibly. Um, Anyway, uh, perfect explanation. No notes on the colored vinyl. Oh, and I, I last thing, it does not
0: change the sound. Black no. vinyl is also just as colored vinyl as colored vinyl because it's clear in its natural state. They have to put a colorizing pellet in it. Either way,
1: Pic- picture discs suck, though. We discussed yes, this. They don't help. They discs. hinder the sound. One of the uh, record store day Friday today's record store day. One of the record store day Black Friday releases was Ghost Impera on a picture disc, and you were like, "Nay, nay." No, no. So. hard no, hard no.
0: All right, let me tell you my record store day. Mm.
1: Uh, story so you went to food. record store day on record store day.
0: I did. I actually did. I did. So, buy... Is this the first time ever? Uh, no, no. Like first time in like four years though. Okay. The last time I went was when Ace <clears throat> Frehley's colored vinyl of Trouble Walking was released. It was a limited edition of five thousand copies, which is about what any pressing of Ace is going to sell. Uh, although there weren't any here. Plenty on eBay. Plenty on eBay that day. But, um, so I had kind of forgotten it was record store day. I had to go out because uh, the kiddo screwed up the cricket, which we talked about off-air, I believe. Uh, cutting machine, designer thing, cool thing. New toy for the family. that Not me. For the family who's not me. And uh, I figured, you know what? I gotta go out. So if I gotta go out anyway, I'm going to go to a fucking record store because I haven't been to one the last time I and the last time I went one, I bought a record for my damn kid not even me which was the replacements I might add so her choice so I figured you know what let's go to a couple record stores so we went down to dead wax records on Cherokee which is a couple of blocks from my mom's house and like a jackass I drove past my late parents house to see what was going on there Because apparently I was feeling too happy, but that's besides the point. So we drove down there and the first thing I see is Jane's addiction, nothing shocking. And I went, oh, I'd like that. So I pick it up and I look at it, $85. I'm like, oh, this must be an original pressing, which I don't require of this today. So I kept looking and I found a bootleg album of The Wall live from the original days. Don't know what it sounded like, but it was $50 plus. And I thought, you know what? Don't need that. Not for 50 bucks for God only knows what it's going to sound like. Probably ass. But that's besides the point. So basically we left there and I said to the kid, and you know what? I am not, no, no shame, no anything, you know, If you've got great selection and all the really cool stuff in a small record store, in a record store not much bigger than the room I'm sitting in, and I don't mean that with any hyperbole, what do you think the prices are? Yep. If you have an amazing selection in a small space, you you don't have the best prices. You have the materials and the quality that people are willing to pull out their wallet for. It's not in that headspace today. Holidays, you know, buying for myself. So no, I wasn't there. So then we head over to Frenchtown Antiques and Records, which is a newer store. I've only been there once and I didn't buy anything the first time. Now is where the story gets fun. This is an antique store, which is slowly adapting to more and more records. They were participating in Record Store Day as well. So they now have new records, you know, and we get there and there's a big tent outside and there's a DJ playing for record sorting. And he's like, here comes some records. Who wants Adam And who wants ACDC? Who needs Fleetwood Mac? And I'm like, shut up. Please, and please turn down this shitty disco music. I need some, I need to be able to think to determine if these prices are good. So we walk out and kids tie in her shoe. And the guy says, and just so everybody knows, come up and get a free beer. If you want. I didn't. I considered it. I mean, I, I was like, it, 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 it. I did not, and I'm glad I didn't, and here's why. Because if I had gotten that beer, I feel like today's score would have been completely missed. So, discussion online recently about Kiss, Creatures of the Night, as the Creatures of the Night 40, 40th anniversary album is, and set has come out. So, what is more rare, the original pressing or the second pressing with the new cover?
1: do you think uh, with the second pressing why less of them in circulation
0: yeah because it makes no sense it doesn't they changed the cover they took out the kiss's most amazing album cover they got rid of
1: you think that's kiss's most amazing album cover not any oh. of the ken kelly album cover. like really yes Really. by far the black light paint job like that's the one you think yes. is their most amazing yes, album? yes. Even it's, the Sphinx on "Hot in the Shade" with the no. sunglasses on. <laughs> no, no, no. Creatures okay. of the
0: Night is the coolest album cover for me. Okay, it does have a car on it. It's it's and on top of that, it's a Meet the Beatles at it nighttime. It's it's a cool. It's a whole vibe. The whole mood that they were obviously trying it's for. based off of that children's book called Creatures of the Night.
1: Oh. I think you're thinking of where the wild things are? Is there No, there is a children's
0: book called Creatures of the Night. Well, I don't
1: have children. You do, so I wouldn't know that.
0: Oh, I have never read it. But if you Google Creatures of the Night book, you will see Kiss Creatures of the Night before they put their faces onto it. It's the exact same thing. I think there's a raccoon and an opossum. (laughs) But, so, yes, you are right. The second pressing is quite rare. And now... I have a copy of it. Now, when I originally bought this on CD back in the 90s when I was finishing out the entire catalog back in my completest days, I never listened to it. I listened to it once and went, oh, my God, this is just absolutely atrociously bad. The And that's due to, after listening to the vinyl today, that is due to, they didn't know how to put analog music on the CDs yet. Now they know how, but they purposely screw it up with the loudness war. So basically, if you're looking at old-timey, if you're looking at anything before 1990, it's always going to sound better on vinyl because it's mastered properly, period. But uh, this does have the actual correct inner sleeve. No splits. Somebody's ass on the back. I don't know whose ass that is. I'm going to guess jeans. I was
1: going to guess Paul. A little I wide think Paul, Paul has a fat ass. That's just my my preposition. Right, my, my, uh, my, my, I'm gonna postulate that that it's Paul's that, ass and he's a fat ass.
0: That Paul has the fattest to, ass to okay. quote
1: Niobe in the Matrix three.
0: I'm gonna quote uh to quote uh Renee from Mallrats he has the fattest ass. So if you look at this, I don't know how well you can see it, but this is friggin perfect
1: gorgeous uh, label
0: you know i pulled it out three times to make sure that it was what it said on the tin
1: i might be uh shaming myself here i don't remember when they went from casablanca to warner or mercury
0: the mercury was purchased by after warner you purchased no casablanca was purchased by Mer- by polygram
1: by, right Polygram, who is now Mar- still warner Is it Warner? Yeah, they're all, except for the little underground metal labels, boy, they're all congealing. Fair enough.
0: That was in 1980-ish. So their first album on Polygram Mercury was Music from the Elder. And then this was the second, which this album was actually in void of the contract because they no longer had three original members. But here's the thing about this record, and this is why I brought this up. I paid $32 for this album plus tax. Presently, it's selling for $140. And there aren't that many of them out there.
1: So I don't know what to do. Drop a comment and tell Nick what to do. Um, but also, I don't know what I would do. I would say like, again, probably be a holder for a minute. Mm-hmm hold it for a little while handle it gently mm-hmm. keep it pristine i or i had to order more inner sleeves actually today. <laughs> take a sleeve off of something else and put that one in one
0: yeah and, i probably should do that
1: i know you probably would not do that but that's what i would do and then um what don't i like here
0: <laughs> oh, it's, i've got more coming on tuesday so
1: and gonna... uh in almost famous because it's always time to bring up it's all happening almost famous uh when he's at the radio station lester bangs and he's mm-hmm. just flinging records oh yeah throwing in the sleeve like he doesn't give a shit then you see his apartment twice later in the movie same shit his shit is everywhere <laughs> so Who i knows?
0: i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna hold on to it until the point where i can get the original pressing because the original pressing does sound better to my ears and it's got a cooler cover however that sound bitch is hard to come by because it is the rarest of it's rarer than everything but this one because like this one it had a pressing and it bombed so
1: hard to come by hang on to it and see what happens hold on that's to it my for cur- a minute that's my current plan see what happens uh, but it's not a record you're gonna die if you got rid of it and got a regular standard guy. Got- like if you were getting a standard copy for 32 or 20, it'd be See, less- I, it I been all want, the same to
0: you. I want the original pressing of it because the original pressing of it is the only version of it on vinyl that has the original mix. Ah, okay. So there have been four major pressings: 82, 85, 2014. And now 2022 and only 82 has the original mix.
1: You are much more strict on this stuff than I am. I am I am definitely not. I'm only that, that strict about this on, particular record. Oh, I'm never that strict about as long as it's a good pressing. I want to hear it well. I want it to sound good. If it's, it's, it's not I, the pressing. It's that's not
0: the issue. It's the mix. The mix. They changed they, they blunted the drums a little bit because the drums mm. were really overpowering. Because Eric is a beast. Well it was a beast was. and they were trying to imitate that that bottom sound. They were going for the bottom when the level breaks sound cuz everybody's gone for that.
1: Mm.
0: So, I think I'm going to my I think currently unless somebody makes me an offer I cannot refuse. My email is available people so if you've got one let me know. But it, until such point that I have a copy of the original 1982 pressing, I think I'm going to hold on to it. I think that's my plan. Okay. But I looked at it and I mean, the whole time I'm in the store going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the kid's like, are you looking up how much? I'm like, shut up, Sh- shut up. And she's like, what? I'm like, shut up. You
1: a poor kid.
0: We get out and I'm like, well, I w- my wife actually uh, supported me on this one. We're talking about it tonight. And she looks at him, looks at the kid and goes, they might not sell it to you if they know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Because they could easily take it away out of my hands.
1: At the and register not, and be like, nah, we changed our mind.
0: Right. Well, this is not for sale at present. Especially in an indie store, which I would not blame them
1: if they did Yeah, that. they just didn't know what they had. This is no knock on them. And they're a brand new store. And maybe they don't have a seasoned Nicholas-type person there to know what's what or look up stuff. But, well, I um, didn't
0: even know this thing was that valuable until three days ago. Okay. To give you an idea. Because I, I never looked at it. Because I don't want that. I never wanted this one. Mm. So, I mean, the. You know, we get to the, we get outside and I show her the discogs and she's like, oh my God, that one. I'm like, yeah, that one. And I get up to the register and the dude is like making small talk. It's like, oh, kiss, unmasked kiss. Ah, what's on this one? Oh, there's nothing on it. I'm like, that's right, dude. There's no, there's not a fucking song on here. Here's my card. Put it in the machine. Let's get the fuck out of here.
1: There's nothing like, on this one. That's great.
0: I felt like I was robbing a bank, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, shirt check. I'm wearing kiss because yeah.
1: Because Kiss, um, I will say, I was, I was admiring your shirt, and Ace, I don't know if it's the fit on your body, but Ace looks drunk on their shirt. Like, he looks drunk in the makeup on your shirt. Yeah, like, he looks drunk. He's making funny. a pretty drunk oh, face.
0: Oh, uh, just for the record, the Ace Fraley uh, potato head, guy has both of his arms again, so.
1: Okay, how'd that happen?
0: Kid found him, no idea. All right, then. She asked me, like, four days ago, did you notice that I put the arm back on it?
1: Oh, she's no, I did you. not. How'd she get up there? She, she's not taller than you. She She's taller than the shelf. She's 5'2". Oh, I don't know. I don't How know. tall are you? I'm like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, okay, well, you no, know. She's... You're much taller than me. I'm 5'10". Yeah, well, that's much taller. Two inches okay. is... My,
0: my wife is now shorter than the kid. That's pretty scary. Not really. It's actually pretty damn funny.
1: Both my parents were pretty short. 5'1", 5'4". Okay. Uh, I am wearing my one of my favorite shirts, my Lemmy with the finger can't go wrong with lemmy and my strongest avenger hat i have to admit i
0: was i did have an eye open for that that motorhead rsd didn't come across it but i had an eye open you i like this glass it's got a good it's a fun looking glass yeah
1: Mm. all righty we we rarely sip at the exact same time that was fun we shouldn't Um, do that
0: one of us should be talking
1: yeah i know and um you got any news items this week? I don't really, it's a kind of a short week for us. It's a short
0: week. I saw one dude, uh, one of the ex-guitars from Exodus saying, originally uh, people came to see Metallica just to hear Dave Mustaine be a front man and be bantery. I thought that's fucking stupid. So I don't know why I'm even mentioning it's it.
1: It's actually, it's corroborated by a lot of people. So James wasn't comfortable being a frontman uh, originally. Right, and the bootlegs I have guitar. from
0: that time...
1: I do too. James did not speak. James barely spoke, and Dave talked mostly and introduced the band and had the, the the patter, as you love that word, down cold. And over time, James grew into being the greatest front man ever, maybe. So... Up there. Yeah, no. Uh, Dave has been in the news. Again, we I don't think we talked about this last week. I Now I, now I have two news items. Did we discuss this ongoing Dave getting interviewed about the new album and complaining about Metallica. Talk about your band. I can't tell you enough times as a person that definitely sidebars too much in my own interviews and on this show, talk about what you need to talk about. Don't talk about other shit. You're taking attention away from your band.
0: Here's the thing is I read Dave Mustaine's book and it was an amazing book. (laughs) Love the book. What I didn't know is that it should have been called Dave Mustaine, My Life in Metallica and a bit about this other thing I
1: did later. Most of the book is about his childhood and Metallica and a little bit about Megadeth. it is It's like 350 pages in 250 is when he left Metallica. Startlingly short amount of stuff. Maybe he's you know he's got another book. He's got like 15 books left in him because he didn't talk about anything. He didn't talk about much. Yeah, maybe he's if gonna make he, a book if he for can every get, album.
0: If that dude can get 250 pages out of 18 months.
1: Right. Um, plenty of books left. So but, he's mad. I feel like we I probably talked about this on my show and that's why I'm having a weird dysplasia about it. But um, so Dave has been interviewed a bunch lately because their new record is out. Coast Call has an interview with Dirk Rebjorn. If you want to check it out, please do. We have a part two coming soon. And Dave has been talking about how for years, years, the royalties were wrong for Kill Em All and Kirk was getting his royalties. And also Lars gave himself like 10% of credit on songs Dave wrote almost entirely. Now, when you get kicked out of a band, you don't really have a lot of rights. And they went ahead and recorded, you know, let's say 65% of Kill Em All are Dave's songs or co-writes. 50% of Ride the Lightning is Dave's, inarguably, right? Eight songs, Mm -hmm. four are Dave's. He claims that there's at least a few riffs on Master of Puppets that are his. Arguably at least one is is, um, Leper Messiah. That opening riff he claims is his riff. So, you know, he's got bitter feelings. And now apparently, so he first talked about this royalties thing. Kirk was getting my royalties for decades and they finally fixed it, but they never gave him the back money. And the back money on Kill Em All must be millions. It's a multi-platinum record, right? Millions of dollars. So you'd be mad. It's million, It's money and it's respect, right? And again, he was not allowed to be in the Hall of Fame with them. Not allowed by the Hall of Fame because he didn't appear on most of their records. But like he's on the two most important records. None of the rest happens without him. There's no master it, of puppets without Kill Em All. It's but wait, it gets to, worse. best not to dwell. It gets worse but he's dwelling on it he's dwelling on it so it gets worse now another interview goes by and he's like oh you know after the big four for years james and i would message each other about having a new band together to a side project do an ep just me and oh you. yeah
0: i remember that yeah, yeah so
1: yeah. now we know why it never happened you know why it never happened it never happened because when they went to go do they were supposed to do for record store day a year or two ago No Life to Leather was supposed to get a vinyl release and a new remix and remaster that no one asked for. Yeah, I would have bought it. I would have bought it sight unseen. Not even heard it. I would have bought it. I would have bought it on
0: picture disc. I'm an idiot.
1: Probably. The deluxe vinyl box set of a cassette from 42 years ago.
0: On eight disc picture disc.
1: So apparently... They approached Dave. Hey, Dave, we're going to put out No Life to Leather. You co-wrote some of these songs. You didn't play on everyone, but you, you co-wrote a lot of these. And, you know, we're going to put this out. Cool. Cool. Send over the papers. Let me know what the split is, this and that. Well, the split, mm, not much of a split for you. We're going to, we're yeah, like you're going to get a little credit, but not a share. And he was like, well, no, I don't give any permission then. No. So there's a big battle. It goes to lawyers, shelves, never happening. And that soured James and Dave from having a band together that could have been now, like a side band. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what two songs songs these guys did make? Even if it wasn't metal and it was rock or something else. Imagine what they would would make together. It would be
0: metal because you would have the two best rhythm guitar players in metal. Both of them like stuff that's not metal, though. So, like, but they would be trying to out riff each other. Maybe, but but like, that's what it would be. It
1: breaks my heart and brain knowing we could have had this. This is why we're like the future should look like the Jetsons, and it doesn't. It looks like the Middle Ages with the Black Plague still. Yeah, yeah.
0: We look. We can digress on this all day. So well,
1: so news item number two, and then I'll I'll nip it in the bud. I promise. Motley Crue. Has announced hmm. the Crucial Crew box set oh,
0: of yeah, their first
1: five albums. There are five albums that are plat- multi platinum albums in brand new vinyl configurations in a beautiful slipcase collection called The Crucial Crew. Pre orders are live now. I cannot tell you between this and the Pantera stuff how much traffic and arguing is going on on Ghost Cult social media because of this announcement. People are either flipping out, angry, or really excited. Now, if you're a crew fan and you're much more of a crew fan than I am, I like the band. You wow, no, I don't. I like. I think them. you love them. No, I love. I, I love two records. They. Yeah, oh, yeah. One, we, I love one. We both. We both love the two good records and tolerate the rest. But like, yes. I think you're a little more of a fan than I am, and that's not, not a, a disparagement.
0: I'm just, I just, just, I've never heard anybody say you're much more of a Molly Crew fan. (laughs) I mean, it's an observation. We
1: did the series and you were much more favorable. Your scores were higher. I'm sorry. It's it's funny. Ignore me. So, Crucial Crew box set. Now, remember, they sold their rights away. So, this is not Better Noise putting this out. This is BMG, who now owns the rights to Cruise catalog. They sold their money. They sold their That's rights right. they for them, hundreds what, like two, of millions like of records. two years ago. So this is probably one of the first releases to come out under that deal. The band still gets some money because they own the you know some of the publishing, right? But like a lot of the publishing and the rights are owned by another company. So they didn't even really probably have a say. But the last couple of years, Crew has spent the last three or four years putting out these anniversary collections on vinyl and new editions of these older albums. So like if you're a crew fan and you were buying all of those and now they have this other thing, you might be angry. If you are a cynical hater of Motley Crue and you don't like Vincent, you don't like T- Nikki and Tommy and such, who could dislike Mick Mars? But if you are don't like the other three guys, like these, you know, a lot of comments, like these guys again, again, with these reissues, another box set, another anniversary reissue, like a lot of people, you hear the exasperation from me, and I'm not even, I have no Look horse at it. in this game. He, he,
0: here's how I'm going to put this. Look at a no horse this in way. this race. Let's pretend for a second that the record industry is working like it's supposed to. You know, if they beat this Motley Crue cash cow to death, there's more money to develop others. That's the way it's supposed to work. Is that the way it's going to work? Probably not. So fuck them.
1: I mean, BMG doesn't have a lot of new rock bands. They have a lot of new bands and a lot of new pop artists. They don't have a lot of new rock bands. They have a lot of legacy bands. I already said, fuck them. What more do you want? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I'm just very curious about the temperament of people's... I mean, who's this for? And listen, well, listen, like Crew is going to be on tour for the next at least two more years. And so I think the success of the stadium tour which you know maybe they were hoping you know if you're BMG and you made this investment a few years ago maybe you're hoping this is what happens the tour is wildly successful the interest in the band is back at a high and they have a two more years of touring and they can push these things the label can keep pushing these things every time the band makes an announcement blast the email list out again would you have, buy this thing? Would you buy? Yeah. You have all the records. Would you buy this thing? I'm missing. i the the one record I want. If it had, if it
0: had, self-titled, I would be really, re you know that the I, I would be punching my hand, my my right hand with my left to keep it away from my wallet. But it doesn't. So the one thing that I want, like Duncan asked me last week on the DMA, is there a record you'd pay 200 bucks for? Yes. Motley Crue self-titled in an instant.
1: That is a great question. I don't know if there's a record that- But
0: I mean, in fairness, that thing goes for four. So I wouldn't flip it. I mean, I actually want it, but I don't want to get on about- That's my-
1: my, Yeah, that's my story. Motley Crue fans and haters, thank you for all the traffic and helping Ghost Cult Magazine. Uh, I will also just add- just lastly, it's not a news item, but just a last little promo for myself. In addition to our weekly stuff, we did a holiday gift guide. And this is where it concerns the show. I did a holiday gift guide for Rockers and Metalheads. We do one every year. There's, It's on our website. There's also a YouTube. You can check it out. And I shouted out the Metallica Vinyl Club. They have yet to announce 23. I can't imagine they're not going to do another one. Can't imagine they're not, but maybe they have yet to announce it. This was about the time they announced it last year. And you and I jumped on it. No, it was,
0: it was late December.
1: Oh, it was? No, it was sooner, though. I think it was sooner. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. No, I don't, I'm just saying. I think it was a little sooner. But I shouted out vinyl in general, Bandcamp, of course, record stores, yada yada. And I shouted out the Metallica vinyl as worth buying if they do it again. And also Gimme Metal which I also am a subscriber to, and you have the option to miss months and skip months and then get the one you want. It went up a little bit in price from when I first joined, but no complaints, man. Every single one of those that I've gotten, you've seen a bunch of them. They're all awesome. So just a little plug there from myself, but also if it's the holidays and you're looking for something for yourself or you're looking for something for someone else, we love sharing and promoting vinyl stuff.
0: And you know what? Don't hesitate to go to a local record store and buy a gift card. Uh, I need to take a short break before we get to the meat. Thank you. I did not get a beer. I had to use the restroom. <laughs> okay. So, okay, uh, I will turn it over to Kefi. well, it's it's been all Kifi, but
1: well, you know, um my series, my choice. We still need to pick the <laughs> next series. You should put some work on that this weekend. Um, I, I, I think I know what it is. And and um, We kind of have a chaser in the can already, mm-hmm. but we also could record another chaser if we feel so compelled. It's up to you. We'll um, see. We also floated on air the idea of maybe just doing chasers to end the year and then start the new year with a new series picked by you, but you will pick the next one, regardless. Fair. Present Present me with some options. What's that? the Simpsons movie? I was elected to read, not to lead, not to read. <laughs> right? And he's like, It's, it's your Here's choice. Here's you... five drop dead options. It's your choice. You I pick, pick one, not that one. Five, definitely lower. How oh, about- my God.
0: It's the exact thing that, you know, I asked the kid, you know, what do you want for, for, for lunch today? We can do Max. we can do Whitey's. She's like, Anywhere but Whitey's. All right, fine. How about Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, not that. You said anything. Yeah, I know what I said.
1: Sorry. Fickle kids are fickle. I want to slip,
0: not what's Whitey's.
1: Through. Now I can What are these things you're naming? What are these White Castles? Oh, okay. You have White Callum. Oh, man, I really messed up not coming to your town. Uh, White Castles
0: what? is Whitey's, Mac- McDonald's is Mac's.
1: Mac. Okay. I thought there was some new wild chain I had yet to hear about. Jolly Bean finally came to uh, San Francisco. Not that I have money for fast food, but... Kid was very
0: uh, angry. We couldn't go to Culver's. I
1: didn't plug my car in yesterday, so... I still haven't... uh, I still haven't been to Culver's. Oh, it's delicious. Um, Okay, okay. uh, Slipknot, Slipknot, Slipknot. Slipknot, episode three, volume three, The Subliminal Verses, named in clear homage to The Satanic Verses, arguably the second most controversial book ever. Uh, by Salman Rushdie, right? The subliminal verses, it, like absolutely, me—they absolutely meant to reference that. The after the last album, Iowa is super duper brutal, a little too long, all goats and pentagrams, new Slipknot getups. Oh. We ended off talking about the Slipknot headline tour, where they went in three years from barely signed, gonna sign to. If you want to go back four years from Iowa. They were going to go sign to Russ Robinson's little indie label to getting picked up by Roadrunner to be in the opener on the opening show of OzFest 99 to headlining arenas in four years. Whoa, that is a, medi- uh, a, a, medi- uh, Meteor- a meteoric rise. Sorry, I lost the word for a second. It's a meteoric rise, right?
0: They almost beat Metallica. Because Metallica went from 83 to, you know, 83 was Nothing Burger, 86 was Headlines.
1: There have been four bands in my estimation that have had a similar projection. Arc. Pardon? Arc. Yes. Arc is also good. Metallica, Kiss. Slipknot, Not Kiss. Metallica, Slipknot, in metal, but also Not Kiss. So oh, okay. took enough. Kiss years to, it took Kiss. You know, if you go back to Wicked Lester, it took them six, seven years to make it big. Uh, Kiss, Metallica. Sorry, you messed me up. Metallica, Slipknot, Corn, Fear Factory. Not in that order, but those four. We can argue about that in a chaser someday. So we ended the last episode with Slipknot on their first arena tour. We ran through the set list. It's 2002. The band is starting to headline festivals in Europe after they were slower down on the bill. They are starting to like pick up ahead of steam. Iowa is a beast. And, you know, arguably it's a beloved record by the fans. We, like I said, Nick was falling off by the end as was I, but like ultimately it's got some bangers and ultimately it's a high quality album.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very good record. It just would have been, it, it's very good. It would have been great
1: had it been a little shorter. Sure. Now at this time, just to set the scene a little bit, at this time in the band's history, they're already had side projects. Stone Sour is already a very successful band with the first record out and a song on the Spider-Man soundtrack. I, I will say unironically, my God, I hate Stone Sour. Okay. Oh fair. my God. So the KC95 played yeah. them. It's all obnoxiously the butt rock. It's on purpose, obnoxiously Red State rock fest bands um they have some great songs they have a couple of what i think are exceptional albums he was one of the first people to do a graphic novel he wrote in concert with an album that has very rarely been done up until the point he did house of golden bones which is i think a decade ago now and now everybody's got a damn comic book and graphic novel which is cool and shout out to z2 Comics. yes most of them are great i have a few love the do one from this year the anthrax one from last year was great um I have a couple of others. Skillet actually has an incredible sci-fi, two graphic novels of a story they wrote as a band, incredible, and wrote themselves into the story. And it's not at all what you think it would be. I know people will be sneering. Anywho, um, so the band goes, is just exploding with popularity. And they have side bands, the Murder Dolls, to my surprise is Clowns, the little avant-garde rock band, and there's a lot of rumors when they get off the road that maybe they're being pulled in different directions and what's going to be the next record and what's going to happen. And this, that, and the other thing. And, um, you know, a very interesting thing happens in 2003 that undeniably guides them the rest of their career. And I'm going to just briefly talk about it because it is was definitely not such a big story this year, but it was a huge story last year and the year before. So in 2003, the original, you know, like, so every band is a business. Slayer has a Slayer Inc. And Metallica has a Metallica Inc. And Alice in Chains has a publishing company that's a, you know, every single guy in the band has their own publishing company. This is all part of the corporate structure of big rock bands. You
0: you know, to to quote a 1990s movie, reality bites.
1: Reality does bite. And I love that soundtrack. We'll talk about that someday. so, you know, the original contract, the original guys in the band of which some have now, you know, uh, Jim came in in the middle of the recording of the debut, as we discussed, Chris Fenn, Dicknose Guy, this guy, came in after they had recorded the album. He's just the Dicknose Guy. He I know lost- what he is. I, so, I, I can just giggle every time you say I, it. I'm going to keep saying it. So, right. uh, And this is why, because he rates a mention, because this is about him. So the band, the management and the band get together and they're like, so the original corporate deal we had has ended. we still have our record contract with Roadrunner because they signed some preposterous lengthy contract they should never have, like five, six records. It was a mistake in hindsight. And so the management present, like, listen, we're making more money than ever. The touring is clearly making the most money. And the record industry is already changing. You didn't quite have iTunes just yet. It was on the verge of having iTunes. You had the streaming, which was already, uh, you know, the the LimeWire and BearShare was already stealing money away from record sales. And they were like, listen, as many records as we're selling, because we have two platinum records now in a row, we make more money touring. And we're already dreaming up all these big touring things, even though it's a very big production with nine people splitting the pie nine ways. So the management presents the band with this. Here's two scenarios. We redo the same contract we already had where we all split it, but everybody gets paid kind of low. Or the two main guys in the band who really drive the process on everything is Corey and Clown. How about Corey, Clown, and the management become the management 5B. No, I'm not disrespecting. This is standard, but their management is 5B still to this day. They decide, like, why don't we, and this is all from accounts I have read. This is nothing I'm making up. This is not from Wikipedia. This is business, business articles about the band. Why don't we become Slipknot Incorporated, Clown, Corey, and the management, and we all pay you a wage, which will be higher than what your share would be anyway. And you know, young guys with serious money for the first time in their life are gonna take the higher number every time. And realistically, Every time. and realistically, that's a better deal because guys like Craig, the spiky DJ guy, and guys like DJ Sid and, guy, and Chris Fenn are not huge contributors to the albums. Now, Paul, who was a co-founder of the band, Mick, who had a long history with these guys, and Jim, who really wrote a lot on Iowa and would go on to write a lot on Volume 3 and in the future, those guys are major song contributors who should have publishing and stuff like that. But a decision was reached that the new hierarchy of the band is the management clown and Corey. And this changes the course of their band for a variety of reasons. Now, all these guys are making more money than they've ever had, which, you know, more money, more freedom, but more money, and also problems. more problems and more problems to quote Piggy Smalls. And so just just keep that in mind, because years later, this will cause major problems in the band is part of the reason why Joey left although he was having some other problems outside of that. And this is the reason why Chris sued the band and was then dismissed from the band and is now not in the band. So just keep, keep those things in mind. Rest in peace, Joey, and rest in peace, Paul, as always. always. So the band reconvenes to release the album, their next album, they begin writing in 23. They recorded it from late late 2003 to 2004, and they record, they, they decide, we're not going to go back to, Ra- to Ross Robinson. We're going to, you know, we got money now. The label is giving them money. And this is, you you know, this third album is, you know, Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: once, once you become like the star of your label, yeah. regardless of whatever size that label is, right. you know, they're going to start throwing money at you.
1: Right. Slayer's third album is Rain and Blood. Anthrax's third album is Among the Living... Unfortunately, Megadeth's album is a good album, but recorded badly. Too bad Rustin Pieces in their third album kind of probably is. But anyway, third album, stakes is high, money's on the line. A lot of people are counting on this band to sell millions of records, especially the label. And they hooked them up with Rick Rubin. Now think fresh, about
0: that for one fresh second.
1: off of Saint Anger. Rick Rubin.
0: No. Yes. No, Bob Rock was Saint Anger. Rick Rubin oh, was. Rick Rubin is the
1: next one. Sorry, Death Magnetic Twenty. 20- I oh. forgot what Rick. Rick. Oh, System of a Down. System of a Down's second record is right before this. Sorry, my bad. He I, did System of a Down. He did System of a Down. Toxicity. He. Crap, I didn't know. Red that. That Hot Chili Peppers. Sense. Blood I mean, Sugar. You know all this. Think about this for
0: one second, okay? Rick Rubin, co-founder of Deaf American Records, who is American <laughs> Recordings' number one competitor. Jesus Christ, I don't know. Maybe road fucking runner.
1: You can make a case because he had Slayer and System at the same time. So right. like you could make a case and then Slayer wins. He he's
0: crossing the line.
1: I Jesus Christ. That is I no. I mean no, he's it, lo- I mean, I don't think these guys had label loyalty. They go to wherever the job is.
0: I know, but I'm not coming off this.
1: Okay. I'm sticking with it. You I mean, do. it's
0: can you, you think of another road runner record that he did?
1: Not off the top of my head. And Rick um, Rubin
0: doesn't do he, he's not one of those. You well, know, Slipknot does... is
1: so at this point, Slipknot is already one of the biggest bands in the world and they're gonna yeah. get bigger.
0: Yeah, agree. So
1: so they do the house at the mansion in Laurel Canyon, famously seen in the Red Hot Chili Peppers behind the scenes funky monks movie. And that's where, you know, after he did that album with them, he bought the mansion. And that's is his, that is with,
0: that not the one with um
1: the suck my kiss video? Yes. Okay. Exactly. That place. Okay. And it's also supposedly haunted. And the and every band that records there freaks out and has issues with that house. Oh, nice.
0: So, so I want that house.
1: Yes. Uh, Darren from System said that every day at four o'clock, his tubes would like explode in his amp. And he was worried about them catching fire. Uh, hmm. And you can't get tubes anymore. So I think he probably went through crates and crates of tubes when they were at that house. Anyway, so they go to record in the house. They all live together. They all record together, just like Rick likes. And you know Rick. He kind of sort of produces. He sorta comes, produces and comes and goes. Comes and goes. Kind of lays down and li- lays down on the couch and listens and meditates over your stuff. Look, and then he'll give you some notes later. You can only
0: believe that if you believe what the Chili Peppers, Metallica, ACDC <laughs> system. system, and Black Sabbath said about him.
1: Yeah, 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 the same thing. I don't know what he did. He just took a, a huge check, though. And points on the records, smart, smart guy, smart. But I mean, he's, one, he's a very smart guy. Um, every one of those bands said the same thing. So, you know, it's true. It probably is true. So, you know, just just to just to, I wanted to point out the business thing and how big they were getting. And they go to write this record. And um, even in the Wikipedia, again, maybe not a good source based on our previous oh. attempts at this. But Corey Taylor says that he only met Ruben four times during the entire recording of Volume 3 and that Ruben barely showed up to the studio. And we I believe charged... that
0: because Ozzy said similar Yeah, things. we would be
1: in charge horrendous amounts of money. And for me, if you're going to produce something, you're fucking there. I don't care who you are. He's overrated and he's overpaid and I will never work with him again. Apparently, Corey Taylor just told you what he thinks. He likes but to tell what you is, what he
0: well, What did Mick think?
1: Well, I don't know about Mick, but Jim liked working with him. It's like a lot of guys Was in the Jim? band say, Jim Root. I got the wrong, okay, I got the wrong guitar player. Mick, no, Mick has got the scary, looks like no, a no, Mac No, 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 one, one of the
0: guitar players loved him. Yeah, Jim. Jim, okay. Who so is yeah, a Jim. huge
1: part of this record and a huge part of Iowa. Now, Jim has asserted himself as one of the main songwriters, and he's also in Stone Sour at this time. He ends up quitting right. later. Uh, so he's also to blame for Stone Sour, at least more than half of their output. And um, so, you know, a lot of guys in the band say Rick was unavailable, and yeah, he takes on a lot of projects at one time, but he also does things that are beneficial. And he would listen to what we were done and then have us retract things that needed work. And he was kind of like the big brother up on a hill, even though he wasn't there physically every day. Volume three is my favorite record we've ever done.
0: Rick Rubin so- is the kind of producer that is not going to sit down and tell you that you, you cannot go into Rick Rubin with an outline and expect him to give you back an essay. He's not Bob Rock. He's not Bob Ezrin. Right. He is that and that's the thing and i i think what they i think what Corey was looking for was a bob rock or a bob Ezrin,
1: right and Corey was also having a uh by all accounts a very bad time in his life too they, so, lots of
0: them were at that time
1: so they yeah everybody so they they write this record and the majority uh, all tracks written by looks like all of them with with uh all tracks written, I guess they all took equal credit, but that's not what I've been told or heard or read. And uh, the majority of, if you listen to this record, you can definitely hear there. Before I quickly go through the tracks, and again, I'll give a track, if you've got a feeling you give a share, I'll give a share, we'll move forward uh, as we always do. Um, Just really interesting, there's a lot of depth and scope on this record that I don't think they had on the previous two. Obviously the first is their debut and some of that material was around for a minute. And the next record was a reaction to the fan, to the haters they had reacting to them not being metal enough. So they were like, we'll show you who's not metal, rah. And now this record is, I think, begins what is really the true Slipknot sound, which is- Can I, can I say the most ridiculous point it, that, I'm, that I'm gonna make
0: is that this band full of nut bars and dick noses and BDSM spikes who at this point in time are known by fucking numbers are the most human artists we have covered thus far.
1: 100% true, sir. Uh, with Messed very up. few exceptions. Maybe maybe Doug Pinnock of King's X. Most of the, full stop, most of these guys really care. They really care about their art. They really care about their fans. They really care about how they're perceived by Correct. the whole industry. And
0: you can feel that in the music they release. Right. Their 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 music is their their writing is based on where they are at the moment and their reaction to their lives. That is truthful, that is amazing. These are the jackasses in clown masks masturbating their own noses. Okay. And
1: beating each other up on stage half serious half I don't know, acting. They, the fan, again, they're playing to arenas. They're selling platinum amounts of records at a time when the record industry is really dying. Dying. At this point in time, I am working at FYE Music. Mm.
0: And we were getting all sorts of emails and memos about how to stop people from burning CDs. You know, this is before. Napster. This is before uh, high-speed internet. This is before broadband. But they are still terrified because they are seeing the de- the record, the mall record stores, Best Buy, Target, all of the major retailers are seeing the decline. And you know, people talk about how music isn't as good as it once was because there's no quintuple diamond selling records anymore. Well, no, but that's not why. But the you know the decline, the the killing of the music industry didn't happen because of napster napster was one of the it's one of the many little pricks to the skin it was you know it was death by a thousand cuts that's actually a chaser i want to do the death of the recording industry
1: we should do that i'm gonna hold my tongue as much as it hurts me to not expand well, if on we
0: if we don't we're gonna go on for a
1: decade We're going to definitely go going too long if there's nothing else let's get to some songs i there really isn't much else on this side of it so let's do the track by track one of Nick's favorite things or least favorite things is either a very long intro track or a very long outro track. And this record doesn't have either. I think yes. Prelude 3.0 is a bit of an intro track, but it's actually becomes a fully fledged song. But obviously
0: they went forward in time to hear my complaints and then went back and changed
1: it. That's right. So Prelude 3 is so not quite a full-fledged assault of a song but it's an interesting opening track it is like i would say it's half an intro and half a song yeah i think i would agree with that it's and, it's and uh it's, yeah it's it's walkout music like wrestlers walkout music it starts off very chill and then builds to a build and then there's a lot of
0: to a build pumps and a it, bump
1: that's it pumps in a bump And then it becomes the Blister Exist track, two, And this is your customary Slipknot official album, Rager. This is the opening track proper. This This is, is, yeah, it's it's very thrashy.
0: It's probably the closest this record came to the previous two albums. Because what I love about this album is, you know, when you get to your third record, you know, and, and let's throw out a couple third records, you know, so far, so good. So what, as you discussed. Nothing like the previous two. Master of Puppets. It's definitely an, a huge, huge step forward. Waiting for the Sun. Also a change. You know, third record is oftentimes a departure project, and this is this is the high school reunion. This song. This is that. You know, the years. This is who we once were.
1: But when when this song is over, we're gonna take off our leather jackets and go back to work. Well done. The yeah, this is a rager. I would not quite, you know, like, let's say, you know, it's it's not one of the highlight tracks of the album because there's a few others that I would put above it. But it's definitely, not a highlight it, for me. No, it's definitely a very good song. And it's yeah, certainly yeah. heavy. And it's will pump you up if you hear it live. And it's a good track early in the album. It's all those things. Ticks those boxes. Same for 3-0, which I'm sure you love the soccer reference. Um, 3-0 is the next track has a really cool tremolo-y guitar thing, very heavy. And a thing that I think presents itself time and time again on here is, okay, look, I'm not calling Slipknot progressive metal, but a thing that is on this album in the riffing, and I think it comes from Mick and Jim specifically, and Joey and their facility on the instruments, their mastery of metal, is there's a lot of little, little nods, a little proggy moments, That don't go too far. They they just nip them in the bud. But like there'll be like a little accent on the end of a phrase, and it's like wild. And I compare it to Metallica did to great effect, right? And Justice for All, Metallica, and even in Summon Master. But actually, what I was going to compare it to is the not the verse riff, but there's a riff in Cycle Holiday by Pantera. That kind of thing is on this record a lot in five or six different tracks. There are little moments where they stretch out for a second and show you their musical muscles and then rein it right back in and go into continue the song, which is a talent. It's not on purpose. I think it's it's a talent and a skill they acquired, and they're trying to show you their strength.
0: In order to be able to do that, you have got to be a very special musician, because you're, it's, it's that moment in Return of the Jedi where Luke Skywalker is battling Darth Vader with his rage and before falling through it, he tucks it back. Now imagine doing that 15 times in a song. Not many people can do that.
1: Not many people can do it. And I'm going to also say that not many people can roll vocally There's a lot of next level. I keep talking about how great Corey is. You're going to hear like his entire skill set is on this record. Within the same verse, he's screaming and singing. The choruses are epically catchy. What I loved about
0: this one was it was more of, in my mind, you know, maybe I'm not getting the tracks properly, but it wasn't, you know, screaming to singing, but it was here is a song that's more mellow,
1: that is more emotional.
0: And I'm going to give you that.
1: Mm. Yeah, not- but sometimes within the same part of the same song or the same track. But yes, I agree fully with that. Arguably the most popular song on this record is the next song highlighted by the enormous success of the MTV video on the second era of Headbangers Ball, Duality. <laughs> not just not just because of the opening lyric of I push my fingers into my eyes and a million memes were born. I zip my penis into my fly. I push my penis into a pie. Man,
0: everything. you are on the dick jokes today. A lot of
1: dick stuff today, Yeah, unfortunately, sorry.
0: Um, it's beer metal swearing. We, look, yeah. it's blue.
1: I we, did we, get a flag on YouTube. They were like, this uh, video is limited because you swore too much. It's the first time I've ever seen one.
0: And I think I I,
1: I, I uh, did the noich, 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 motherfucker. Uh-huh. No, I did a little too much of that just in general, not really <laughs> that exact thing, but like that, too much of that vibe. In the last weekly ritual that's out today. All right, Jay, Fat Buds. Kinda, yeah. Well, I'm both. I'm both like a fat man in an overcoat and uh, Jay. So anyway. Oh, oh God. Duality is an incredible song, and uh, it's a huge hit single. But like outside of just the fact that it's popular, and the video is four hundred kids rush into a dilapidated house in Des Moines, Iowa, and demolish it while the band plays. Which is just awesome, period. Uh, They literally made the music video video equivalent of my dinner with Anthrax when they went to that family's house in 1989 and were like sawing the beams of the house and breaking shit with a sledgehammer. Just come destroy our house.
0: Okay. And just for the record, the reason why I laughed, I was laughing at myself. I didn't watch the second iteration, the second iteration of Headbangers Ball because they were bands like Slipknot.
1: All that generate all the fuse and, and music choice bands were that gen- hey everybody, it's Jamie Josta of Hatebreed, and you're watching Headbanger's Ball. I was ju- I love all it. these albums and videos go hard. I love Jamie, but like that's my imitation to Jamie.
0: Yeah, I mean it, at that point in time, I was too old and crusty. I was way old and crusty before my time.
1: That's fine. Uh without that show, you might not have got your kill switch engages, Lamb of Gods, God forbid, Shadows Fall, Unearths. So yeah, I'm no, grateful. no,
0: it's it's a good show. It just I wasn't uh,
1: you're not the target audience. We okay, were but, we were not the target audience anymore for MTV because also TRL is at that time. Yada yada. Yeah yeah So yeah. duality, incredible song. Lot of lot of lot of uh, trash can aluminum baseball bat rhythms and a lot of riffs and then an, and just the amazing chorus. Whoa, are we talking about Saint Anger? No, we're not. Okay, fair. Uh, that's the clown who hits the I'm,
0: trash I'm, can. I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. I
1: know you're talking about the snare. The next track is Opium of the People and it is one of the shorter tracks on the album and uh, uh, very typical of this era. Corey is super anti-religion. He's not unfaithful, but he's just not a religious person. And so Opium of the People is a little bit about pop culture, a little bit about politics, a little bit about religion. Clearly Opium of the Masses, that's another nod. Just a very literate and smart guy, great lyrics.
0: Well, Opium of the Masses is the uh, the Chinese, Chinese Communist Party. That, okay. uh, I'm not sure if they, they originated it, but that was the. I thought the, it was Nietzsche.
1: The,
0: probably, probably Nietzsche they probably took it, but that was the big thing the Chinese Communist Party would say about any religious, Fair. religion
1: is the opium of the masses. The sixth song on the record, because we're gonna blast through these as I promised. Circle is a is the first song that is actually it's a little bit of a it's a tiny song. It's really like a minute of of some kind of atmosphere, and then like a little chill moment in between the chaos. Um, it's a pretty good song. I don't know if you have any feelings about it either way.
0: Not, not, not strong ones there. I mean, the, for this record, <laughs> it was a lot like the album we did on the DMA today, what, that I did with Duncan and Private Metal, Metal Antiquities. It, a lot of repetitions on theme and a lot of moods. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean, it was really hard to separate this Except for uh, "Pulse of the Maggots," that was an easy one. Coming up soon. Yeah. Except for that. Except for that particular song, this each track is just a movement in a larger song. It's 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 a lot like what we talked about when we discussed briefly "Dark Side of the Moon." That is how I see "Dark Side of the Moon." And when it's when I can't take a song out of its context, that's when you're looking at it a truly amazing
1: record. And I tip my hand. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Dark Side because that was literally coming up in a few seconds. There's a there's an allusion, not to Dark Side itself, but just that kind of album making in a minute. And you and there are very few gaps between the songs. That's the actual point I was gonna make. Welcome is the next track and it's a bit heavy. Again, a different flavor of heavy. Um, and you know, uh, back to a more lengthy song, five minutes and 16 seconds. I grew up listening to a lot of Mets games on the radio even though I'm a Yankees fan because my father long story hated the Yankees owner. And so we didn't weren't watched a lot of baseball at home, but I would go to games and I would watch games at my friend's houses. And at the end of the game, if the game was under three hours, the the announcer of the Mets would go at a very manageable two hours and 45 minutes. Right. So I'm going to say for Nick's purposes, an album that's over 45 minutes is 42 minutes is too long and unmanageable. Also songs that are over five minutes, unless they're very complex and good are unmanageable so this is at a slightly unmanageable five minutes and 16 seconds. That's a long For the record,
0: it, you, you either have got to be between under five or over 19.
1: Fair. Continuing if, to be fair. If, Welcome. If, you're
0: not, if you're not doing like the, the you know, the ambient <laughs> 19 minute track or progressive track, keep it at five.
1: Welcome is solid. Not spectacular. That's where I would Agreed. place that. We are now halfway through the record. Lightning quick compared to last week. The next track is amazing and yes. really is oh yeah could have been a stone sour song to be honest because it's in that same kind of vein as yes, some of the there is more chill a lot stuff.
0: of tracks the and this really... is really
1: sorry. No,
0: you're good, you go bring it. A lot of the really emotional stuff is like stone sour
1: plus 30, but better, yeah. Just yeah. better, just better songs, better players, whatever it is. Uh, Vermillion, Vermilion, which is the original Vermilion, because there's another one coming soon. So this song is beautiful. It's sad. It's it's lovely. It's layered. This is very layered for a ballad. It's a ballad. It's a straight up, it's the first one. There, the ballad, are,
0: there are three or four ballads on this record. Yeah, a
1: ba- yeah. Balladish circle could, could technically yeah. be a ballad. Prelude starts like a ballad, but it's not really. Um it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And it's completely, it's a top completely. tier, top tier song. The song comes, the very last note of the song ends, and the next song comes right in with this brutal salvo of drums and riffs. And this is Pulse of the Maggots, named for their fans, the Maggots. This song is just ass-kicking in every possible way.
0: This song is, to me, the essence of everything I have heard from this band up to this moment. And it shows, it's the love letter to the fans, it is the it's an Alice Cooper style love letter with a tarantula in the envelope. But I love that song. Yeah, what that
1: it. the little there's like Corey is at the very base. So it actually doesn't quite start exactly with riff. The riffs come in in like 30 seconds. In the first 30 seconds, is Corey, like uh Arlie Ermy in full metal jacket. Private pile, what are you doing in my head at two in the morning? Holding my gun, sir. And Corey is yelling like. In you know, like pepping the troops up, right? He's patent, George patenting the shit out of this. And it is, uh, you want to go for a run when I need to run up a hill in San Francisco? I put this on and I listen to that like little pre-song speech. The song is brutal. It's catchy. It, it goes hard the whole way. Uh, I don't know what else it to goes say. Hard. It It does. I'm sorry.
0: One of the things my kid and I have been laughing about for like a month now is the Will. I am song, T-H-E, the hardest ever. Mm. And two thirds of the song is You Can Go Hard or You Can Go Home. Yes. Go sung by on. Will I Am, Jennifer Lopez, and
1: Mick Jagger. Yeah. Most of the Black Eyed Peas music is unlistenably horrible. And they oh, were yeah. easily the worst ever band at the Super Bowl beside Coldplay. However, when
0: they hit it, it was a home run. They were like Jack Clark for the St. Louis Cardinals in the 1980s. It's a strikeout homer. Yes, it was. Fair. And they have this exact same batting average, 235.
1: There's a great line in the uh, Boston crime caper movie, The Town, where the rapper Slane, who's also an actor, goes, oh my God, kid, I haven't seen a guy rob the socks that bad since Jack Clack. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> scene. I'm out of here. I pack the cat, habit, yeah. I pack the cat. I used to live there, bro. It's not a fucking joke. That's how people talk. Pulse of the Maggots, incredible. Next track, Before I Forget, huge hit single, huge MTV video, humongous song. And it is just, it wails. This song's awesome. And it's almost really, if you don't like Disturbed and Godsmack and bands like that, who were basically hard rock bands that sound metal, this song is to blame because this is a hard rock song with metal guitars
0: yeah yeah I hear you. yeah. and that's uh, that there's a lot of that on this one. This album is so varied and so it it's chaos it's it's chaotic like the first record and grooving like the first record. Heavy is the second and but the chaos isn't in a single song. It's not the 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 dead fish of the wrestler who got put on his shoulders bouncing up and down to get off that it's the chaos is changing each block, turning where we go.
1: Mm. Uh, you know, just really quickly for the first like year of Slipknot, you really didn't know what they looked like unless you knew them from other bands they were in before as we talked in the opening episode. So for like the first year or two, Slipknot was never photographed without their masks or their uniforms, right? Now there would have been, you know, it wasn't the internet then, we, we didn't have social media like we do now. So they just were unknown. And then when Corey kinda came out with Stone Sour in the first video, you see his face. And then you see murder dolls and you see Joey. And then you start seeing them pop up. And Jim is also in Stone Sour. So the video for Before I Forget is awesome because you never see their faces but they're clearly not in their garb. They just showed up in a big white room and they played live in the room, uh, played along to the videos, the track. To shoot the video and the shots are weird Dutch angles of Corey's vans or Mixed good wallet chain shaking against his guitar. It's really well done. If you haven't seen it, we should probably be watching these videos along with the albums. But like the video, like wallet this,
0: chains though.
1: Yeah, the video, agreed. The video, no capes, no wallet chains. Is a mistake. No capes. Anyway, like no, the capes are fine, wallet chains, no, no capes are wrong. In, I will die in, on this hill. For superheroes, capes are wrong. If you're like Rick Wakeman, you could wear a cape, but that's fine. I want to be
0: Rick Wakeman then.
1: I agree. Now, this is probably, controversially, maybe my favorite song on the whole album is the next song. And this is just Vermilion part two, but it's basically Vermilion on Quaaludes. It is, if Vermilion is a power ballad, like when the angels cry by slaughter, when the children cry, whatever it is. This is like unplugged every rose has its thorn with a little bit of strings and backing vocals. This is Vermilion again it's technically a different song but it's almost the same song with the same chorus but it is amazing. It is so well done. It is so beautiful. I want a whole album of these. So in the progressive rock band that kind of sound progressive metal band that kind of sounds like Tool and Opeth had a baby, they just did a whole album with a string orchestra of all their hits and some covers including this song. And it's it's like, why don't they just do this all the time? Forget the other stuff. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, why I'm does it slip? All I'm going to say is this. You did not gush this
0: much over
1: Unforgiven 2. I definitely did not. I definitely did not. This is their Unforgiven 2, though. It, it this is their Unforgiven and Unforgiven 2. But they two. did it
0: on the same fucking record.
1: They did it on the same fucking record. And you know what? This is better than the other one. And this is arguably in the top three on this whole record for me. So I, I, Look, I'm just outraged, so. Okay. And then it's a little bit of a tail off the rest of the way. The Nameless yeah, is next. It, you know, tails off again, a little too long at the end, but I won't give it a, a buzz up at the end. The Nameless is solid.
0: A great Virus title of Life. for what's coming on.
1: Yeah, The Virus of Life is another longer song. It's also heavy. And Danger Keep Away is like a little weird final track, a little experimental track. This is a very experimental record. I want here. So here's what I wanted to get to this point and ask you. So last week, you complained at least three or four times, and rightly so, how long this record is. This record is about the same length by a few minutes and the same amount of tracks, more or less. This didn't feel like a 60 minute album. This yes, felt to, to you, really? Yes. I, yes. Really? I,
0: for the record, while I'm listening to this today, I unloaded the dishwasher, loaded the dishwasher, cleaned the china, scrubbed the silver, and made tomorrow's coffee. Okay, I should not be able to do all of those things on a single record. All and right. Then. Yes, it. They. So far, this has been my favorite. You know, I I'm only gonna buy one record off of this series because I gotta limit myself because I gotta be an adult. Because car payments and mortgages and I would, all that. Business. I
1: would buy either the debut or this one. I have right, both, but it I was it pay.
0: it was the debut. Mm. now i'm leaning towards this one however what the debut has that this doesn't is a little bit of brevity and you know a lot of bands a lot of people yo i'm pointing at myself are not not blessed with the gift of brevity i i fucking don't have it i wish i
1: did Me, me neither
0: one of us needs it one of us needs to work on ourselves and fix this but we're not so this album, it's it's a lot. The first record I would describe as I don't know. I was I was an amateur wrestler in junior high and high school. And what the way it was described us is if you get rolled over on your shoulders, become a dead, become a fish, become a fish on the on the shore. Just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing until they till they give up. That's the first record. The second record is, oh my God, we've got to be so fucking heavy. So they became a, just basically they were five-finger death punch before five-finger death punch was a thing. How over the top can we be? Unfortunately, they went too long. That would have been a lot better had they taken off about 15 minutes. Then we get to this one. This one is a much more mature release. It is a much better written release, better produced release, even if Rick Rubin only gave them about 78 total minutes of production but it they this is better on every single count now if you think about rick rubin and the, the records we talked about with rick rubin they're all too fucking long so you know maybe he needs to spend a little more time so we can get this i mean From think that about fat. black
1: sabbath what could fat is what you're saying yeah
0: exactly i mean black sabbath 13 had you pulled off 20 minutes off that record? I mean, you had to pull off 20 minutes. If you pull off 20 minutes off that record, and I don't mean a single song, I mean 20 minutes off each of the songs, we have a great record.
1: Oh, uh, I love that record. Anyway, I don't.
0: I hate that record. Oh. It's, it's too much fat. It is too much fat. Yes. It's like my I'm gut saying. after Thanksgiving, and that is not good. Fine. So, um, but here we are. We have this one, and Slipknot is growing and changing in my personal taste are not always improving. However, that is personal taste. That is not objective anything. And it is hard to look at this and go, wow, this sucks. Or wow, these guys are stupid. No, they are growing, changing, and learning. And yeah, that, that's... Isn't that what metal
1: is? It's what it's supposed to be. I feel like this album is a marketed step up from Iowa. They dialed Green. out some of the cacophony of the songs and they focused on making hookier better songs agreed they did not sell out or soften i a lot agreed. of people there are people who heard you know casual slipknot fans and then they heard vermilion and were like nah son no nah. it's
0: awesome and i mean the thing but is,
1: is just... it's awesome and it's even more awesome when they don't do go as hard on when they die two is is i could have just made that one the fact that they put both of them on there is an interesting choice as you Mentioned very interesting. No, that, but that was a
0: poor choice. But there's no, point. there's no
1: room here where this this sucks. This is a great Correct. album. This is an S tier to me, high tier album. We will get to Correct. the tiers at the end and rank them all. We keep screwing that up and never doing it at the end of the series. But I'm <laughs> gonna make us do it this time.
0: Um, this is so far by far their best. Album. By yes, it's not. But the
1: first best. album's pretty incredible. It's just front loaded too much. The,
0: the first album. What I love about it is it is just a chaotic. Jumbled mess that works, and I mean that is such a rare, rare thing to have a chaotic record that you listen to, and you're not like this. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers' Blood Sugar Sex Magic, that is a chaotic mess. It does not flow from song to song, and it's great. but wait a minute, who produced that? Some guy with a beard who doesn't. Some do guy it. with a beard. All right. You know, um, you look. You, you, I mean, that, that's actually not the point I was making. However, yeah. it's funny, but it's it's a rare thing to have a chaotic, jumbled mess that becomes a great record, and that's yeah. what this
1: is. And this really cemented them as pretty much the leading band of the metal genre. I know that's controversial. People will. But like literally they are the most, they became at the, by the end of this tour cycle, even with some problems I highlighted that will come up again and almost, you know, there's things I'll talk about next week as we get into the final episode of the series, but. Well, it's too,
0: okay. So it's controversial to say they're the leading metal band right now.
1: Okay. Let's think about this. They are, they are so much the leading metal band in the world right now. I have multiple. Do we want to do this now or next week? Because this will take the episode. I, I, I'm a lot just. Longer. I'm
0: going to give a. I'm going to give a 30 second thing. Okay. I'll at this start. point in time, Megadeth right. is retired. Metallica has just finished the Saint Anger cycle. Slayer. Slayer is one of the and they're confusing looking in their own butthole segments, uh, just about to reunite with um, Lombardo. So I mean, the three biggest Iron Maiden is. Uh, In the dance of death cycle, which uh, about to head into the uh, a matter of life and death cycle. Uh, So, yeah, they I'm not going to say 100 percent they earned being number one. Not that they didn't, but you had the top bands all stick their heads up their own assholes.
1: Yeah, I think they earned it anyway, and I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm tell not you why next anything, week. But yeah, they earned it more than anyone else gave it up. I promise you, they okay. did things no one else has done. They became an arena band faster than anybody ever. They there's a yeah, lot man. of reasons. I'll save it for next week because it will just go too long. And I was pretty much done with this episode five minutes ago. I'm sorry. I, okay, I'm going to shut up. I appreciate you. I'm trying to get us home, Take and yeah. I'll take us home in a second, but just to say that next week is episode four, please tune in and, you know, we're going to, we're going to do volume four, the fourth record. And then we're going to touch a little bit on the future, not too long, but just a little bit because they have three other records since then and live records and things. And then we're going to, and then, you know, we'll sum it up into a nice boat and Nick and I will figure out how we spin out the last three weeks of December with at least one chaser, unless we do a short series, the other thing I can think of. That being said, this has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, you know we appreciate you. Like and subscribe. Give us a review. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts has reviews. Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, of course. Rate us, help us out. Like this thing on YouTube if you're watching. Drop us a comment. Tell us if you like what we said. Tell us if we suck. We want to know. We want to know. It matters. We got to know. We know you're there. Talk to us. Yeah, we got to know, as the Cromax said. So as I always say, this has been the Glacially Musical Podcast, and it does not play in Peoria.
0: Booty. Booty. (laughs) Live fast and eat ass.